Hello, hello. Welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. I luckily just looked at my messenger and noticed that Ben didn't have a link yet. Oops. <laughs> so he's got it now and I'm sure he will be along shortly. So this gives me a chance to just jump in here and say hello to people. How are you? If you're new to this channel, welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast where I highlight those strong souls who are often men, but not exclusively by any stretch of the imagination. There's a lot of king heroes in all shapes and forms. <clears throat> and so come and say hi in the chat. Hello, Ryan. I saw there was there was a weird message here and it's gone now. So that's good. But yeah, I, I had a big question mark on my head too with that one as well. Today, we're going to talk about Brown's Gas again, Brown's Gas Jam 2. I have a feeling there's going to be a whole series of Brown's Gas Jams to follow. And uh, yeah, it's a really interesting topic. There are so many things to learn. And uh, I was recently connecting with um, George Wiseman, who's created a technology around Brown's Gas. And I just said, I said to him, there's so much to learn. He's like, I know, right? He's still learning. The guy who maybe knows the most or would be good to know the most. So if you have a chance to share this out, then that would be awesome. I'm going to put a link in the chat here and I'm also going to get Rockfin going before I forget. So where is Rockfin? There it be. And I'm going to go live on Rockfin and I will share a link as well. So come and say hi. How is it out there? It's uh, it's deep freeze here. We have a beautiful sunny day. Hello, Mark Wontroba. Nice to see you. Good afternoon as well. Let us know where you're listening from. And if you prefer Rockfin, here is the link in the chat as well. So let's see about Ben. Poor guy. I left him hanging just right to the last second there. Hello, Three Fingers. Nice to see you. And we have Ben in the room. Hello, Michelle. Nice to see you as well. And we'll just wait for Ben's screen to come up. There you go. And you can give me a thumbs up. I was probably making you nervous there. <laughs> You're uh, you're good to go, and here we are. Hello, Ben. Hey, how are you hey, doing, Ben? <laughs> I'm really good. I made myself go out in the minus twenty five today just because the sun was shining, and uh, it was a workout. You know, the it's it's intense, and you have to cover every square inch of your of your body. But I got myself down to the garden because this is my happy place. And I sat in the sun, facing the sun, and I was perfectly warm and just drinking in that beautiful garden energy. I know not, not to drive down to the garden anymore. I got stuck last yeah. week. <laughs> so uh, hello yeah. to Child of the Most High. And uh, Michigan, yes, going to Rockfin, excellent. And uh, Three Fingers is saying hi to you there, Ben. How's it going, Three fingers <laughs> sherry ives is here i got, got to meet him at uh flattoberfest oh very good that's awesome isn't it fun when you meet people for uh real in the flesh yeah yeah it really it, is yeah it doesn't take away from what we're doing here in, at least not for me it doesn't i always just feel grateful for this and uh, you know, if I don't get to see you because I can't travel to the us then i'm so happy we can get on on this platform yeah and, we got uh, to meet those we it does set in a connection there's no two ways about it 
Yeah, yeah, there is something. What is that? What is that that's different when you meet in the physical? Is it uh, all yeah, about you're, you're, electricity? Yeah. yeah, and you're in that six foot, uh, that six foot that they've been trying to keep you apart from each other. You're you're dead dead into it, and uh, yeah, you're exchanging actual energy with each other. And at that point, you know, there's, especially in the English language, there's so many things that can be taken one way or the other. And if you're not around a person or don't know them, it's easy enough to question it. Even if you're like, they probably meant it this way. If you're, if you're around that person and you get to feel what's going on, you, you just understand. It all comes off different. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, it, the misunderstandings online are are definitely a hazard, and you have to be really on top of your game when it comes to the, you know, your own emotional management, so you don't jump to conclusions and decide that they're an asshole just because they didn't use an emoji or whatever. I use a lot of emojis just so that people can see the emotion behind it. They can not have to guess whether I'm joking or not because I will be laughing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, sar sarcasm, I highly recommend nobody use sarcasm online because it's almost impossible to decide what, what are they really trying to say. It's much easier when you're face to face and you can read all of that energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. you can tell them they care about you too when they do. And, and you'll understand whether it's coming from a good place or a bad place. And that to totally, you guys are so naughty. <laughs> from yeah, a good place or a place. yeah yeah exactly it's it's much easier much easier and uh sherry said we can smell each other three fingers smells like strawberries that's a really good smell <laughs> that one rocks georgia ah. Bush is here <laughs> nice to see you georgia, georgia. Michelle. yeah michelle, Miss michelle mullen as well oh, hello, and michelle. another hello. michelle who's uh, grateful that Ben and his wife made it to Flaptoberfest and had the, an adventure there. Maskless smiles. I know. I never get tired of seeing those. It's, uh, it's still a strange instinct when I saw someone driving by in their car with a mask today. I, I just wanted to run after the car and knock on their door and talk to them like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> There's been kind of an uptick of it around here that I've seen. That's been very interesting. Yeah, so it's more, like I don't even masks. understand it exactly, but there's been a, yeah, there's been another uptick of it. Yeah, yeah, it must be the TV. Have to imagine <laughs> they're trying hard. I I don't know. I just feel like they're not going to get us this time. Certainly not to the extreme that they did before. No, no, I, I I think a lot of people like down here they were real hardcore about it. And I and I started hearing a lot toward the end. I started start hearing a lot of grumbling and complaints uh, from people that had even uh, argued with me about uh, wearing a mask. And so uh, it, it's interesting. I, yeah, I don't think that the numbers—they're not going to get the raw numbers that they did last time. That's a, that's just a, a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so we're here to talk about Brown's Gas. This is the second Brown's Gas gem, probably one of a series of many. Um, the inventor of the AquaCure is a Brown's Gas technology is going to be coming on in the new year, so we're going to set a date for that as well. And I think this George is such is a, a busy huge guy. Subject. He's a very busy guy, yeah, and he's judicious. He's actually really good at using his time and, uh, yeah. you know, very 
available at the same time. Like, even though I couldn't get him on for the interview, he responds to every one of my emails within less than 24 hours, sometimes quicker than I can get back to my emails. So uh, right. it's very, very impressive that, you know, that's, that's the king archetype when you, and, and it's the same with you. I was going through your, your uh, streams on Rockfin. I know they're, they're posted other places as well. And you should, you should tell us where people should go, but uh, the volume of, of content and interviews that you have put out in the last little while is staggering, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I've honestly, I, I, that's why I had to take a couple weeks off here just recently. I was just burnt, just burnt like between that and the trip. And I got, I ended up getting sick and getting an ear infection, double ear infection. And on a train ride, that was not comfortable. No oh. doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Only, yeah. <laughs> Only worse on a plane. I've had very severe ear stuff from being in a plane. Yeah, for months after too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. So uh, let's jump in with ears. Do you use the Browns gas on your ears at all? Uh, unfortunately, I was on a train and yeah. uh, did not have my machine with me or anything. Right. Um, what about so after I the fact? Up, mm -hmm. uh, by the time I got home, it was pretty good. Uh, I ended up using colloidal silver with uh, DMSO in it. Right inside your ear. And, yeah, right inside my ear, putting like it on, putting it on a swab, and then uh, putting a cotton uh, into the ear hole, so it'd suck up anything that was trying to seep out or anything. And uh, it was pretty good by the time I got home, uh, but one hundred percent, like. One thing I'd like to, uh, and I would have appreciated having my Browns gas machine. I very much would have. That's honestly, at this point, whenever there's an issue, that's kind of uh, a lot of, that's kind of the go-to for me. Um, last time I talked about the uh, the puppies when they were sick and uh, when they got parvo. No, I opened the window up and you just stood there. And now the kittens are trying to get out the window. Um the dot the uh dang cat she thinks she wants to just hang out at this window with the window open and come in and out freely but the kittens are uh, not fixed yet and they're going through heats and there's tomcats all over the place and so yeah <laughs> yeah in the butt. yeah um, cats are a pain in the butt <laughs> but uh yeah yeah but uh so whenever uh philosophically what you're looking at when a when an alchemist says mercury <coughs> what they really mean is a solvent and so philosophical mercury anytime something's the mercury stop of something it's it's just the solvent of whatever it is so whenever you're looking at it there's going to be three components i'm pushing you outside uh, while while Ben, yeah, I was just going to quickly say um, hi to people on Rockfin while you were managing your kitties there, ahead. and Mark's there, and uh, Arlette. Thank you so much for the tip. I really appreciate that. Sorry, I can't put your comments up from Rockfin; doesn't integrate that way. But uh, go ahead. I ben. know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why they can't get on top of that because it's the case for every other platform. That that is one thing I would like to uh, 
the see a change on where yeah because the only one that you're able to do that at all on is youtube yeah exactly very interesting mm -hmm. um so whenever you're doing an alchemical procedure you've got three basic components your sulfur your salt and the mercury is the thing that's able to make the transition or do any of the transactions in between the two things and just like in a battery, you have a positive and a negative, but without the uh, electrolytic fluid or the mercury inside of the battery, nothing actually happens. Nothing can flow, whether it's positive or negative. Nothing moves either direction. Mercury allows both. And so when we're looking at uh, water, what water is, is the mercury of the carbon level all carbon life is based off of water and carbon that's the two main components in it if i take and i do an alchemical procedure on any given thing whether it's a, a dog a plant a tree a fish whatever it is we all already know that the vast majority of the weight in that thing is water just straight out and can, and can then, you repeat you said that the water is the mercury in that situation yeah yes. yeah okay on, okay. The on, on the carbon level which is what we would consider our ego our carbon body the uh, water is the mercury of that is the of that level it's allowing that the flow of uh things to happen and then uh so water is the majority of what of what you are and then after that, the carbon and then cellular material, and there's a little bit of oil and a little bit of salts. That's the actual represents what is actually you. That's different from any other person. Um, and so those things belong to this, this plane. Now in that, obviously the, uh, the water, um, is what allows this flow to happen. So when you're like, when you're doing the great work, the water's going to open up the uh, salt and allow the sulfur to pass through the mercury into the salt. And do you need, uh, do you need a minute, Ben, just to clear your eye there? Yeah, take your time. Eye. Take your time. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. We'll uh, take the spotlight off you there for a second. And uh, yeah, water itself, I'd like to dive into because there's a lot of information out there saying that, you know, water is not what we thought it was. It's not, it's not actually just this H2O kind of thing happening. Even electrons, there's uh, information out there saying that, you know, we can't, they've actually really never observed electrons. This is a fiction. So I don't know if that's just PSYOP on the PSYOP or what's happening there, but uh, no doubt Ben will be able to share with us, you know, in back in my days of, of uh, chemistry and physics, they would talk about electron microscopes and um, certainly put out that they could observe at that level. So I'm curious about that. And uh, yes, Sherry, the machines are for sale. And uh, if you're smart enough to go and build one for yourself, then then the technology is out there. It's not patented. And if anybody is already deciding that they would like to themselves get an AquaCure, then you can use my code at his website. And I'm going to put it in the, in the chat here. It's very simple, uh, all caps, free will. 
and it gets you a whopping $500 off of the machine. He's so generous to provide that full disclosure that also he's going to um, send a kickback to me for that. But uh, yeah, for anybody that's already decided, we're not here to convince you, or at least I'm not, and I know Ben's not a, a big, um, what do you call it, um, sales agent himself. But if it makes it easier and it's something you've already looked into and, and decided, you know, for me, it was a no brainer to get this. I just think that we all need this kind of technology that, uh, you know, right now we don't have access to or we may lose access to things that are medical. And frankly, I'm not even going to access medical stuff because it doesn't work for me. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So better you good again to go? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So when, when we're looking at water, period, which is the basis for this, and, and we'll get, we can get into what else you're talking about, Ufta, that's going to get hot. Um, this is a real, uh, you guys, um, this is a real uh, uh, big subject right now because there's a big push on ether theory. And I'm not, the talk will end up, some people will take it like I discredit ether theory and I don't, it's, it's, it's a whole, like it's, it's half. And so is the particle theory is half and it's, it's, it's super interesting. So we can get into that. But uh, when we're looking at water, then water is the, uh, a lot of times you hear it called the universal solvent. And so that's the solvent for the carbon level things. Um, now, when you're looking at the way, once you break down water, when you're looking at the way these two pieces work, the oxygen inside of the water, um, it oxygenates things. And when you oxygenate something, and this is good why, that we're going to get into this talk because then people are going to get butthurt about what some of the things I'm going to say if they're on the whole ether theory end of things. Um the oxygen is actually going to break apart. This particle is going to break apart. And so even like when you're looking at cannabis, a lot of people realize that you can't just go up to a cannabis plant, pull the bud off and, and, and consume it. And, uh, that, uh, uh, it's not psychoactive yet that it needs to be decarbolated. Well, what that decarbolation means is that there was a carbon molecule bonded to the to the other pieces of this uh, THC, making it a stale, stable molecule. But it wasn't really stable because that carbon molecule can be broken off and, and usually with heat. And then the heat will make the carbon molecule leave. Well, now the lattice work is unstable of this molecule. Now, the advantage to that is when you consume it now, now that it's unstable, it goes to your cannab cannabinoid receptors and that unstable lattice attaches into those into those cannabinoid receptors and boom, the whole system works great. Um, so that's when you're whenever you're looking at chemistry in general, that's really what you're looking at is the way the, the way that these things are uh, latticed and the way they fit together and what they do. And even when you start getting into like uh, the patents on different medical chemicals, they literally took like the, the original organic uh, compound 
And then they make just a slight variation in the lattice work of it. And then they say, look, this is ours. We made this. We have a patent on it. But when they do that, just like I was talking about where that carbon molecule was blocking the uh, THC from attaching to your uh, cannabinoid receptor, now that the lattice work is different, it doesn't attach in the same way. And our body doesn't read it the same and doesn't see it the same. And this is why they get all these weird side effects, even though it's supposed to be the exact same thing as we found in nature, we get these extra special side effects is because the lattice work has been changed in order to make it patentable because uh, the, the H2O that 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 doesn't really say a whole lot. There's a not there's a you know the there if you you can make uh, two particles uh, uh, hydrogen and one of oxygen um, fit in a number of different ways. And one of the things that you're going to do with this uh, aquacure is you're going to put an electric charge through this, and that electric charge is going to knock these particles apart. And just like with heat, electricity, that's what we're talking about is that's what's going to break these things up. And so uh, you're going to snap apart these particles and they're going to kind of stop. They're going to kind of rearrange. I'm so sorry. You're so <laughs> naughty. Okay. I miss hearing you yell open. at someone. <laughs> it's a, It's the cat that now the window is open and she is still clawing the window. Like it's like nails on a chalkboard. Um, yeah. Super annoying. And she keeps doing it right in front of my face, like right here. Um, but uh, you're going to break apart this matrix. And now it's going to be like a lot of times, if you go look it up rather than H2O, the, it's HHO, which still is the exact same particles in the compound but it's not put in this, you know, your H2O, you've got this structure like this where the two H's are here, here, and then the O and they're they're It's very, very stable, um, hard to break apart, hard to break down. And uh, once this enters inside of your body, hi, Freya. I know everybody wants in on the interview today. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's your birthday. Yeah, it's her birthday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Happy birthday, um, Freya. <laughs> that was um, so once it's inside of your body, this water's gonna have two different jobs. <laughs> the oxygen's gonna oxygenate things. So when you go and let's say you're talking about a lot of people think that you survive off of glucose, and you don't, because the glucose again has that carbon molecule locking it up. And so you have to break out that carbon molecule and then it turns it into ATP and ATP is able to be used by the body. That's like a little pure energy cell. Now that carbon molecule that's been freed up needs to go somewhere. And this is where the oxygenation happens. It binds up with your oxygen and then you start moving it out. <clears throat> well, so that's part of the, the other part. Right. Right. The oxygen is really, and, and, and this is the, works the same way with all oxygen. Oxygen in and of itself is not flammable, even though it will have like a little flame signal. What oxygen does, it doesn't actually ignite. It makes whatever is 
been ignited go whoosh because the carbon that's being released as that if builds up around it if you can get that to to get away from it the next pieces of it will take off just like mad so if you dump like a bunch of oxygen into a fire it takes and grabs all them latent carbon molecules that are hanging out because they've just been released so there's a buildup of them and once that happens whoosh you know now the fire can take off again because that carbon was actually dampening the reaction and so the, the oxygen does the same exact thing inside your body it makes it so you can't have these reactions because you get this latent carbon that get, it blocks all your reactions from happening and you need to vehicle that out and so this is the way this whole system works well now now that we've got this though down into a pure energy and and this negative which is basically you're acting as a ground between like with the atp where it's this little energy cell and you're the and you're where it needs to go now it needs to actually have an electrolyte also that allows or a mercury also that allows the transition between this thing and this thing and so this is where the hydrogen comes into play because you're getting both with this it's it's classically called a, a hydrogen machine but it really it just breaks it apart and you can even find some machines that supposedly break the oxygen away from the hydrogen um is super interesting now i've seen debunking videos using that particular machine i don't like george's doesn't say it will separate it in any way so i don't know how they think they're doing that and then the times i've seen the debunking videos they run the machine like for like a count of like five and then the hydrogen and there's two particles of hydrogen the hydrogen will make a little boop because the hydrogen in and of itself is explosive but then the test with with pure oxygen is that uh, if you take like a taper that's not lit anymore, it's just red ember and you put it into the oxygen again, then that oxygen starts taking away all that latent carbon and the whole thing will inflame back up. You know, the oxygen itself won't flame, but the thing it's the thing that is flaming will take off. Um, okay. So just to repeat that and see if I've so got anyways, this right. The hydrogen. Uh, yeah, just it looks like we have a little delay there. But that uh, so the electrolysis in the Ocacure is not actually separating the oxygen from the hydrogen. It's separating from the carbon. Well, no, there's no the carbon truth? in no. that. It's just breaking okay. apart. It's just in your bodies where the carbon in your body carbon okay. is doing it. Okay. Yeah. And so okay, in your body, it's moving the carbon. Because only the oxygen now. Because if you just take in water, your body, your your body will break it apart just the same as this uh, Aquacure does, okay. and that takes as a, result a whole of lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that what your stomach acid would be like? The first the first line of hitting that. Yeah, it very it very well could be hundred mm -hmm. percent. Yeah, but your body's totally in every way breaking it down like this because it uses oxygen to do one job and hydrogen to do another job. And the hydrogen is making it so the transit, so the fusion can happen. So now that we're down to this pure energy and you, now that pure energy needs that, uh, again, that mer mercurial uh, pathway in order to transition into you. 
just like when I'm talk doing alchemy, I have my sulfur and my salt. I can't just take and put them two things into a jar. There needs to be mercury there so the sulfur can go through the mercury into the salt, which the mercury opened up. Because here's something I've never said before, and, and uh, we're going to get funky today because you want me to talk about uh, ether physics and particle physics. Um, we're going to get real fucking funky right here. The, right. The, the, real, the real setup on how things work is the feminine is only the mercury in and of itself, just like Gananga Gap in the creation story. And the feminine uh, opens up the, the hard side of the masculine. So that way the split masculine, because the all father splits into two pieces, the sulfur and the salt. And the feminine is the one that heals that and puts them back together. And so those two, those two things become, and then the man becomes whole in and of himself. And then the, it's, it's a whole thing. So both sides, actually, the sulfur and the salt, this is part of where things get really confusing in the philosophy of it, are actually the masculine sides. And the thing that's truly feminine is that uh, mercury in between the, the, again, like the HHO, you, you've got the, the positive side is the hydrogen and the negative side is the oxygen. And so the oxygen takes away, hydrogen gives. Uh, this happens on so many different levels. Like when you're looking at the biochemical universe, that's part of why the, the sun's creating a distillation and that's getting that hydrogen and that whole energy system's driven off of hydrogen. And even they say that. Uh, but your body is doing that. That's your heart center. That's your making those two things that are making all these transactions happen, flow back and forth through your whole body. And that that's your the center mind is your mercury mind that's uh putting the high and the low back together and making the transactions in between happen that's why the heart center is pushing all that mercurial uh fluid so uh okay. ether physics uh super interesting i'm glad it's come out um a lot of people are gonna think i'm hard on it but it's because uh they it, it's very much uh, the other half that particle fear physics missed um, is that feminine, that Gananga gap that we're talking, that I'm talking about. And so it, it's understanding that that life came from somewhere that we don't really understand. Um, and when you talk about the uh, ether physics, they try to make everything like into potential. And that potential has just basically been, uh, somehow consolidated and and that's just nonsense it, it's really the very uh it's also where the five the four elements went wrong uh you you can see that as i think as our society has moved toward a more uh uh sulfur side of things that uh this just keeps happening so the way the classic elements elements work you know you got your uh, uh, fire air water and earth and the story that they try to give is that uh, uh, fire and water make air and then the three of those things coagulate together to make earth that but that's just not the way things work um, that completely cuts out the crystal side of things the the salt side which is something i've obviously been banging on about for like three or four years now and in every system you find that same exact thing 
and the the way things work is is that salt side creates the structure um this is why light and that structure is needed for things to flow this is why like lightning the the that tunnel comes up from the ground that we can't really see in the part that we see it happens after that connection's already been made and now the flow can happen that structuring needs to happen or else the energy cannot flow would you guys stop you're so and so, right. so you're blowing my mind here about uh, the feminine is actually the the mercury it has the mercury effect because my my understanding was that the masculine and feminine had mercury between them yeah that's that's everybody else's understanding also and that's why i said you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say some crap today um <laughs> yeah say all the crap that. don't hold back <laughs> so like with, with like with that so when you look at the way creation happened you start out with the all and the all is literally everything and the only thing the all understood was i am because there was no understanding of its own existence all it understood was i am and so to develop an understanding of itself it splits and this is where you get your uh <laughs> sacred geometry and everything else uh but when it splits it's just a masculine and feminine the two balance each other out and we're back to we're back to square one you know we're, we're uh, nothing really happened and so at that point the masculine side splits because the masculine side's the structured material side and the feminine side is then the immaterial side which we would call a void and that can't split this is why in so many different cosmologies the feminine has two names she's the she's the life giver and the destroyer mm. she's and where the masculine side then only has one name because he's only got one job well that's because the masculine was split into two things the world of ice and the world of fire which once still we have no life it's here where Gananga Gap pulls those two worlds, the land of ice and the land of fire together, where the Vesca Pisces forms between those two things, that is where life appeared. And so she caused destruction, obviously, with this, but also with it, life happened. And this is where we live, is in that between. And mm -hmm. so we obviously are material beings, but all of, all of life that we are given is from this complete immaterial that we cannot weigh we cannot measure and that's because the true mystery of of the life energy we're given comes from the feminine comes from gananga gap the all mother and we experience it through the all father and that's why the feminine side is always the great mystery Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good. I just want to jump in the house of free will uh, logo up here, by the way, the the black thing is in the center is the vesica Pisces. That's exactly the meaning that I was going. I know it's little here and uh, people have said, oh, that's creepy. Is that like a, you know, all seeing eye? No, it's the vesica Pisces. Just want, just want you to know. <laughs> uh, the, the, also, the vesica Pisces is the all seeing eye and you also have the all knowing eye. And then you have your ego eye and it's just where the two feminine is just where these two circles come collapse together. The H and the O are not uh, both masculine Shannon. Um, the stop it. You guys are being such dickheads. Um, the water, the 
see even in the classical understanding then the water would just be mercurial but uh inside of that again this is macroverse and microverse so the water itself is feminine well inside of the water the oxygen itself would be masculine because it takes and then it, it and then the feminine side gives so that would be the hydrogen and then those two because everything no matter what has both components in it now water while it's mercury again mercurial has a feminine side and a masculine side you guys should just be annoyed stop it you guys okay so within the mercurial element there's both the masculine and the feminine there oh this is getting deep <laughs> Oh, they're, yeah. they're, it's bad. And they're picking on the bigger cat and just trying to take her off. And then she, so she wants to do the in and out, but then they want to go out. So yeah. Right. She's taking the cats. Uh, just quick question from uh, Glenn J on the pH scale. Is the base side feminine, the acid side masculine? He's asking. Uh, actually the uh, uh, acid side is feminine and the base side is masculine. So what pH actually means is potential, good, good, good thing to talk about today, potential of hydrogen. And so uh, when it's hydrogenated, then that's going to be feminine and that's the acidic side. And then on the other side, it's a caustic base. So when you get too hypermasculine or too base, then you get a caustic base, which is a cold base, not a warm, uh, you know, so you got the sun, which is warm and uh hydrogenated very wet and then you got the moon which is cool dry um entirely and so that's base side things now so when you look at ganunga gap ganunga gap has the potential to be anything and they have that right with the ether physics so that potential has could be anything now just like we said potential of hydrogen that's where the rubber meets the road now you've got this thing that this is energizing so you so while this can be anything this says well it's this you could be anything but you're going to be this and so that's where the two things come together now this is where you've got particle physics where particle physics says well, well that particle is one of these one of these and one of these and I can break this apart and I can measure it and I can weigh it. And what they can understand is, uh, let me see if I can find this video quick. This is. Here's what they can't understand. Do you want to share your screen? Yeah, I got Let me find this video just real quick. Okay, that sounds good. We're talking and about this. Will, this will uh, perfectly uh, show what I'm talking about. And just for fun, Stephanie, why do you think it sounds Lucer Luciferian, by the way? We don't need ah! to go into it deep, but. <laughs> Crazy Christians. Everything's. It's all the devil. It's not the devil, Mama. She showed me your boobies, and I like them too. All right. Well, I regret putting that one up now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sherry's got some good ideas. Yeah, the the um, 
uh, car wash, Brown's gas car wash. I actually want to ask about that because I had a, a lot of questions about the dissipation, but just let me know when you're ready to go. I'll, uh, I'll just ramble yeah, here. I got yeah. it. I found it. You got it? it? Okay. I found it. I'm pulling it up right now. I will hit share when it's ready. Okay. Present. And uh, Vesica of Pisces, Michelle said. Now, this demonstration is one of my favorites. Right now, I'm charging a capacitor. Oh, wait, capacitor wait a is anything here. that has a positive charge and a negative charge on the other side, but something in between. Did you say, wait a second? Uh, yeah, maybe start it again, just because I hadn't put it up yet. I was hearing it, but I don't think anyone else was. I do not know how to restart it. What he said is this is a capacitor. And now he's explaining what a capacitor is. Okay. Keeping them from coming to each other. In this case, it's glass. It's called a dielectric. You can see it's got quite a bit of charge because I'm going to discharge this capacitor. Quite large. Okay, That would hurt if I touched it. Not deadly or anything, but it would hurt. I'm going to charge that up again. I'm using a Windhurst machine, by the way, to charge it. Also a very cool thing that I'll have to show a video on at some point. But for right now, I'm just using it to charge my capacitor with positive charge on one side and negative on the other. Here's the cool thing. I'm going to take this apart very carefully. Again, not deadly, but would definitely hurt if it shocked you. Okay? Now watch this. Ah, ah, kidding. Ah, also kidding. Yeah, nope. Nope. We're good. Okay? But watch this. Okay? Back here, back here, <laughs> how about that? That is very cool. So the energy of a capacitor is stored in the dielectric. Oh, interesting, should I take it down? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what they can't weigh and measure is that there, there's something, you've got these three pieces but where's that life component? Where, how do I even measure that? How do I weigh that? And without the way this thing's even put together in the right combination, that thing doesn't even exist according to our measurements. Like, well, it's not even there, but then you put them together, right? And it's there still. That life component, that energy is there. Do you want to break it down what he was doing in that video? It was a little bit little to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically what he did was just take a basic capacitor and he charged it and typically when you charge you know like oh man when i was when i was a young man uh they uh a lot of engines that were around were uh, still had a point system in them and they'd have little capacitors in there and it was so funny you just take and you put a little charge on that capacitor and you chuck it at somebody and as soon as somebody would hit the two components, like when he took that uh, thing and he touched the two sides and it went, Teet! well, that happens if you're the two sides, like, or if you touch the two sides, so you'd chuck it as, hey, and then they'd hit their hand and, bah! and, uh, and so it's just hilarious. Well, what he did was made an open air capacitor and then charged it and then took the components of the capacitor apart. Now, common sense would tell, or, you know, logic would tell you that 
one of those components, if you touch it, is going to hold a charge somehow, and it's going to discharge on you. One of these things is holding it. And then he sat and he touched all the different components separately and got no discharge. Then he took and he reassembled the capacitor the way that it's supposed to be. And now it discharges. And so once he took apart these two components or these three, these three components, that life force was just not there anymore. Or it really was because obviously it didn't disappear because when he put it back together, whoop, there it is. And so uh, super interesting. And this is the part that we can't weigh and, and measure really and understand is where this life is coming from. And so this is that's your ether physics. That's your uh, where everything's this potential, this life. This life could literally be anything. And then you've got your particle physics, which is, here's my three components of this capacitor. Can I explain why if I put these three components together that each individually don't hold a charge? And when I put them together, now there is a charge? Nope. Nope. That doesn't calculate. There's no weighing and measuring that shit. But you still need that structure for that charge to appear. Because when that structure was wrong... The charge still didn't appear, did it? And so that structuring is equally as important. And so we're, we're trying to garner this understanding uh, of uh, the way the universe is working. But it's entirely through the experience of the masculine side, which is why most religions are masculine. Because we're only understanding it through the masculine side with the understanding that the the driving force of it is actually the feminine side that's giving and destroying and uh, that we will never actually experience that. Uh, the closest we can come is understanding Mercury. Okay. And then observing the effects, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the only way you understand it is observing the effects, observing what it does, looking at the mechanics of it. And right. and so this is part of why Mercury is always uh, kind of uh, given like a feminine air to it. Uh, the figures when it was, it, it's always got a very feminine air because Mercury is the closest thing we can truly understand in the uh, masculine realm is because Mercury takes the, the sulfur side and the salt side and puts them together just like Gananga Gap put Muspelheim and Niflheim together and created life. It's that's the same thing that Mercury's basically doing, but it's only doing it in a in a limited sense. So we kind of get an idea of what the feminine is. Okay. And what could actually be observed, say with an electron microscope or you know where where is the like you said the half truth? In, in all of that, can you actually observe electrons moving from one to the next? Or again, is yeah. it just effect? Yeah, no, they can, they can observe, they can observe that. And, and, and it, it, honestly, this is where things get super interesting. Like when you start looking at, I, I recommend, I recommend anybody look up uh, decay chains of nuclear elements. It's so interesting. And, and this will start you down the road of, you're not a hundred percent sure that they're that they're 
telling you the elements work how they work so when you look at a decay chain um here we'll pull we'll pull up uranium decay chain so in uh uranium decay chain uranium will turn into uh all these things as it decays okay give me a second I'll take the banner down so you can see better there it's so a it's little a, blurry if you look yes, down here you got uh oops crap can you shoot me a lead in mm. i just just type in decay chain of uranium you okay. don't even need uh you don't even need all that but you can see uh bismuth in there uh radium's always in there radium's in there always bigger than shit um that one's in like every decay chain almost uh so what we got going on then is uh a particle for the simple explanation just like with that uh uh dang uh, uh capacitor has you know your three components your you know proton uh, neutron and electron and uh so depending on how many protons something has really uh tells you what it is in the elemental uh chain and so when something's radioactive it has an imbalance of protons and uh it starts shedding them buggers and just kicking them off and uh yeah is that not just amazing right like and so it just starts shedding these uh pure ion energy not electron uh ion uh energy and it just starts kicking that off as as radiation until uh it starts getting itself back under balance um now the way that uh any element when you're talking nuclear or anything else then you know, look at that bismuth lead you know the whole nine um now if you add a uh, neutrons now it can hold more protons and and uh, electrons uh also so if you want to take and you want to upgrade radium uh to uranium you would put it with thorium because thorium actually makes neutrons move rather than uh, uh, up here where you got uh, protons being shed. Eventually it sheds enough protons that now it's going to shed neutrons and uh, then it's going to go back to shedding some protons again. Um, but it's the thorium makes neutrons move and you can actually enrich radium then into uranium and then even there's like different levels of uranium because uranium ends in enriched uranium and so it's like ready to really take off um but uh I, so as it's shedding off these enough protons it turns into something else entirely and as these different components break apart and this thing tries to seek balance because it doesn't have near enough electrons uh and so it's trying to balance itself out it becomes all these different elements so that just 
straight tells you that uh, this whole system doesn't freaking work like they've been telling you that it works. Like, you know, uh, when you talk to, if you've talked to or looked at Jeffrey Drum at all, where he's looking at the pyramids as uh, chemical refine refineries and some of the things they're finding in there is like thorium and things like that. And if you wanted to do a transmutation and you understood that all you had to do was move a certain number of uh, neutrons into something so that way it'll pull, uh, ion, hold more ions and then you hit it with electrons and you can turn one element into another. Well, some bitch. That's a uh, land of chem, right? Um, Indeed. And uh, Sherry, I'm, I'm empathizing with you. I was actually just wondering if maybe Ben would come and uh, teach a class or a workshop in ah. the House of Free Will on this, get us get us a little bit uh, schooled, because, wow. Yeah, this intense. is super interesting stuff. But this mm -hmm. is all understanding how all this works is the particle side of things and how all these things put together understanding where the life of that happens from is ether physics like that the light that you can take these different pieces and put them together and they're still just like that capacitor when it was a dead capacitor it's dead but the pieces when you put them together and the capacitor is charged there's the life so that charge is a separate thing than the components okay and the charge is the electron am i getting that right or can it be can it be uh -huh. either yeah, in that case, it sure was. Yeah, <laughs> Good. Okay. that's just a lucky guess there. But yeah, because you got electrons, protons, and neutrons in the mix. Yep, yep. And, and, and basically, so nuclear energy is basically the exact opposite of electricity in the way this works. Because electricity is your free electrons, where nuclear energy is shed ions. Um or protons and so it's the ion side of things that's getting shed off on that as opposed to the electron side of things um okay so the, the other the proto that, protons and ions are the same yeah yeah that plus side mm -hmm. the plus side okay okay there you yeah. go yeah Okay. Wow. Yeah. A little out of my pay grade, but it always is talking to you and I, and I do manage to come up to speed at some point. <laughs> so that's I said I'd break your brain today. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I signed up for this. No complaining whatsoever. And so yeah. And so then it's not uh, you would you would disagree that that they can't observe electrons and that that's like they're just trying to psyop on the psyop with that. I don't think it's psyop on the psyop. I think what we have is is a bunch of people that have never had life experience and not experienced something and being questionable because they haven't experienced it. How many people have been around an electron microscope? How, you know, yeah. something capable of seeing something that, you know, that small and understanding it. Like if you watch Matt Powers videos, he can, he can literally like one of his, coolest uh pic videos and pictures that he's ever taken was where fungi had actually inoculated a piece of cell and you could see it gain life and all of a sudden the whole thing took on like an opalescence and and this is on a very cellular level and he talks about breaking down dna and and there's so many conversations that need to be had because people don't actually the the whole science community where i put out that video where i was like 
terrain theory doesn't answer everything either, guys, you know, and I explained some of that. Well, now, when you start adding in actual horizontal DNA transfer, what horizontal DNA transfer is, is everything I touch, I breathe, I eat, my skin soaks in, everything, it affects your body in a microevolution. Macroevolution's BS, but microevolution, all that is, is you adjusting to your environment. And Adaptation. we are, we are, yeah, we are adapting machines because you take in horizontal DNA transfer. So everything around you, your body starts incorporating it into your body and either preparing defenses against it or using it if it's good. And so <clears throat> the same thing applies if I walk up and I and I touch your hand, even in a handshake, I get horizontal DNA transfer. Now, here's where terrain theory comes in. Depending on the terrain of my body, I'm sometimes going to take that in in a very good way and sometimes in a very bad way. Because if my body is a cesspool that's ready to break, and then I throw in more changes to it that are that are way off from what I got going on. Now that's the straw that broke the camel's back. And if my if my uh, terrain is excellent, now my body's ready to deal with that or incorporate it, uh, what and whatever. Now when we get into like more than just a handshake, let's say we kiss or have sex. Well, there's STDs that we all know that only transfer person to person. What's the mechanism that's going on there? We all know that, you know, I'm never going to catch gonorrhea. I can hang out with a whole house full of people with that STD, eat the food, bathe in the same bath water, you know, go to the bathroom on the same toilet. I will never catch it. It's only through that horizontal DNA transfer mechanism that apparently requires this extra fluid, uh, which is mercurial in order to make that transfer. And so now your body is now adjusted according to their body because you've told your body, hey, this is what we're going to be doing from now on. Your body's like, all right, all right, this is what you're going to, this is what's going to happen. When you look at like uh, E. coli, which people freak out about, there's actually more strains of E. coli than there are humans on the earth, just in strains. Like, and your body tells it what it is when it comes into you, into you. And we've, we can, you can see that on a microscope that as this DNA transfer happens, as these parasites, which are just basically a, a, a DNA packet, a, a living DNA packet, where your body takes it in, it will program it on whether it's good or not. Again, that's terrain. You know, my terrain says, hey, cool. This is a playground. We all act nice here. It's like, all right. It, it rolls into a cesspool. It's like, hey, hey, you know? So <laughs> again, we got the 50-50 on these two stories where your body is taking in vast amounts of information and, and adjusting accordingly. But your terrain obviously is extraordinarily important in how that information is received. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I really started to wonder the other night because you know I've been a big proponent of terrain theory as well, and uh, and I but I see your, I see your points very clearly, 
And overall, it's not a bad way to live. You know, it's, you, you'll take more right. responsibility for yourself. There's there's a lot of pluses to it. But I but now I'm kind of seeing. I wonder if it's all been manufactured to create division because it's one of those subjects, right? Like whether it's the ether or all the different kinds of subjects that yeah. that make us polarize and go to opposite things and slam people. And you know, I will still. I'm a hundred percent. If you come on my King Heroes Journey Telegram and and post something about the bioweapon and the engineered virus and the blah blah blah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call it like that. I I don't I don't want people perpetuating that kind of crap. Because yeah. it does, you know, it makes you afraid and it makes you feel like you can't actually do anything. You have no influence over the situation, but, yeah, right, it's it's not the whole story. And that's just classic for the, the division mongers. Yeah, given, given the equally bad other side of the story is not any better. You know, right. like, yeah, it's not the mainstream story, but if your story's not accurate, then it's still not accurate. You're still mess. You're still misrepresenting the whole of the subject, and that's right. what we're all. That's what I'm here for, anyways. I don't know about everybody else, you know. And I assume you know the people that follow. I, I know a lot of the people following you, so they're there for the same thing. I already know this. Um, we're actually here to find out the whole of the truth, not uh, you know the sensationalized half. Uh, the whole of the truth. Exactly. And there's Miss Christie. Welcome. Oh, she looks <laughs> so great messy. to see you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should introduce you guys. I'm a good match. Yeah. I'm a good Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, I agree. Truth or bust. Like, let's, let's do this. Right. I, no, I'm not here to yeah. just, get uh it, it, it's again. super fascinating too because like if you ever read the Kabbalion, it's like all truths are half truths and it's like you know they're half truth and half lies so like you can approach it from ether side and you're right but you're wrong and you can approach it from particle side and you're right but you're wrong you mm -hmm. know it is definitely those three pieces but really a capacitor isn't those three pieces it's the capacitance of energy that makes it a capacitor and that's the thing that you can't weigh and measure bro and so like it, it gets very interesting mm -hmm. um and yeah it, it it's again just that all truths are half truths so you gotta you gotta really step back because everything's just been polarized which is the way we this whole system was uh, we could never have the experience without that polarization. So right. we can be thankful of it, you know? Exactly. It's our power right there. That was, you know, a very big yeah. point that I that I took from you. And and it reminds me of the right and left brain. So, you know, in that in that left brain, you have that very strong sense of of identity. I study signature vibration as a, you know, a subjective kind of a uh uh, process and what exactly is going on that can be observed and so you know when you're when you're very much in the in the on the left side in in the masculine you have a strong sense of who you are you have a signature vibration that you can't prove it is different from everybody else's but there's lots of evidence for it and you can sense it and it's one of the elements that cannot be let go every time you let go of it it comes back in technicolor with a lot of power and and energy and uh, and then and then you know if you if you get yourself over to the right side completely well it's utter oneness 
there's no difference between you and me and I could barely navigate to make myself a cup of tea yeah. from that state, right? So it's, the, it, you, you see, you have diametrically what somebody would call opposed states of reality, but they're not opposed at all. In fact, they work pr so perfectly together, they came as a whole, like a whole thing's yeah. in there. It's not one and the other, or one or the other. 100%, 100%. You see that argument too, right now it's just very interesting because you see all these polarized like everything's just super polarized and charged right now uh, but you know objective and subjective reality you know like, like uh, objective reality definitely <laughs> exists how you experience something and what you went through uh absolutely exists as does the 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 you know the reality of well these are still just the raw facts and so somebody else could go through the exact same thing you did and experience it entirely differently. And so, and then furthermore, there's the larger, uh, you know, group experience where if you see it one way and the whole group sees it another way, they sometimes overpower and that's going to change your entire thing. So whether you like it or not, sometimes they're, reality is going to crash yours because it's been it's overwhelmed what your reality is uh it's it's all super fascinating mm -hmm, absolutely yeah and, and my favorite game is not anymore as much to find out like who's right and who's wrong but it's to see through everybody's eyes for the sheer curiosity of that to see what they see right so i'm less apt to get into arguments you probably haven't seen me in an argument for a long time because i just it's just not where i want to spend my time and energy i would rather create right but still let's not pretend that certain things are true that are not um stephanie said speaking of right left brain uh check out ian mcgillchrist's new book the matter with things okay that's a good tip thank you and uh yes yeah, separation is polarization and yet it can be entirely harvested so we're we might be slightly off topic it, i would it, love it, to it's not an illusion though it's it's not an illusion it's it's life i mean yeah like i said before the two sides are actually one thing but it's it's that ex, it's that experience before uh even separating the all in and of itself separated into the all father and the all mother. The only thing that, that, that the all experienced was I am, which was not enough. The only through that separation and polarization, which are a true thing, you did experience it. It did happen. Then, uh, then through that experience of both polarized sides, because then you also have to experience both sides when it comes back together. Now you have, uh, you're still the I am. He was still the I am at the end of the whole thing. But now that I am is the difference between throwing the ingredients into a pot and calling it a soup and letting it simmer for four and five days and then going and trying that soup. All the ingredients are the same huge difference in what you just did so uh, it's that experience of that that makes it gives it all the flavor because that i am is an entirely different i am than the starting i am right and the other word that comes to mind is uh differential when it comes to polarization right that that the differential between them is the power that is the energy 
And uh, there was one comment. Uh, Hello, David. I'm curious what you think of this, Ben. Uh, nice to see you here. Balancing the hard, soft, hot, cold, red, blue, neutral, uh, green. Is that is that how you would see it as well, Ben? Poor guy, now you got mm -hmm. your help. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay. In the land of fire, it's too hot for Am I glitching? A uh, teeny bit, but not not too much. In the in the land of fire, it's too hot. Everything changes. It's pure chaos. Nothing can root. Nothing can grow. In the land of ice, which is your structure, nothing can nothing can grow. Nothing moves. You need movement to grow. And so it's only in between where we're both fire and ice that we have enough chaos to move and grow and enough structure to actually make that happen. Right. Right. And we're back to the the two elements that, uh, you know, people want to kill the public. They want to, some, not here, but they want to kill the masculine as if the masculine is to blame for everything. I, I've been there in my past and no, you are actually seeking balance in, in this particular situation that, uh, you know, and, and, and is it, is it, is it a 50, 50 balance? Do you think Ben, or is it, is it a different kind of balance? I, I, I think it just depends on, on the person, uh, is what I would guess. Uh, because if you look at the plant, so this is a subject that's always been really interesting to me. Uh, people now, it seems like they willy nilly decide whether a plant is masculine or feminine. And they're just like, oh, this is a feminine plant, you know, or this is a masculine plant. Like, and it just seems very willy nilly the way they do it. So as an alchemist, it's very specific. Uh, if a plant has more oil as opposed to salt, you would consider that a feminine plant. If a plant is produces, you know, according to the weight of the plant, a lot of salt and lesser oil, then that's obviously going to be on a, a more masculine plant. So your rooty plants, your your you know in the earth root structured plants, those are going to be your more masculine plants typically, and things on the more fruity side, those are going to be more feminine. Um, and so I think depending, so if I do the the great work on let's say a cannabis plant, which is extraordinarily feminine, um, tons of oil. Uh, if I do the great work on that, after I've separated it into a masculine and feminine and then put them back together, that plant is still overall feminine. I didn't make it a hermaphrodite. It's still a feminine thing. And so, you know, I think it all depends on, you know, and then if I did that to say a rutabaga, it's going to end up being very salty. I'm, I'm going to get, you know, a, a, a very salty mix. That's going to be masculine. So I think, you know, individually it's, it's going to kind of decide, you know, are, are you a more structured, dense person? Do you operate in that fashion better? Or are you a more airy, um, you know, chaotic person that operates better in that fashion? And when we look at the way the world operates, engineers are very airy, fairy people. They have all kinds of high ideas. And some of those ideas have changed the world in the most amazing of ways. Uh, and then you look at the, the, the masculine, the ultra masculine side would be the parts house where 
now you actually have the parts to build those things and those parts aren't doing anything though they aren't moving they aren't well then in between is then the mercury the contractor and he takes the two ideas and puts them together and you end up needing all those pieces to make anything because at the end of the day if it's not something you can walk in and live in and experience nobody really cares you know <laughs> it's not really a house uh so you know that we as a people would end up on different levels also you know once we're free of this carbon body which keeps us all centered on midgard uh i i, I would expect to find that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah great answer because that's the thing like for every species for every ecosystem for every individual that balance is going to look different. Like I came as a woman, so there's going to be a different kind of balance going over here with the, with the masculine feminine, right? That, and, and that's the exactly. infinite variety of nature and what, what um, can't have us be just lazy thinkers where we think of it one way and then, and then you blanket that across all of the natural world and call it a day. It's not like that. You actually have to pay attention to every thing, every situation. It's a moving target in your own life. And uh, yeah, so that's really good. I love that answer. So let's jump over into some more, um, like, could, first of all, could you tie this back to the Brown's gas where, you know, with, with our health taking in this element that is very much missing, like you said last time, it's precursor to a lot. It's not in it in itself. It's not a nutrient, but it's precursor. It sets up your body's ability to to take advantage of the nutrients that are there. And so, why is this such? You know, why is the Brown's gas so important at this electrical level? Because that literally is the electrolytic solution that's allowing the transition between the positive and the negative that you could have uh, uh, overabundance of ion or positive side and it'll cause you all kinds of issues you can also have an overabundance of the negative side and you, again the same problem because none of that is going to move or flow if you don't have the pro the proper uh, mercurial element inside of you and that mercurial element philosophical or not is always liquid like that is always on that liquid end uh and so it's that liquid you see it even in uh seeds kind of you can have a seed in the ground and that seed will sit there forever it's got all the components in there for life you would think and until that water it soaks it and it pulls in that mercury that solvent and literally it, it it's it, you know again here's one of those things where the feminine right there she's the destroyer and the life giver and it's always destruction that go that precedes the life because when she goes in there as soon as that mercury element gets inside the seed actually starts degenerating and breaking down and it's through that breakdown that now the the life actually happens just like in the story of ganunga gap uh when you look at a battery when the as i can have this positive and this negative i can have the gold and i can have the the silver the anode and the cathode without the mercurial fluid inside there no transition happens and once that mercurial fluid is in there now all this power is able to move 
either either through the galvanic process or through the electrolysis process um, that it's able to happen. So the two things, no matter how powerful they are, without that mercury, without that pathway, um, this is why mercury is in every story and every occult. And you hear it bad mouthed and praised and, you know, for good, for bad, all of it. Mercury's always right there in the center of things. Uh, you, you need that mercury to make the transaction happen, to, to make the pathway. If you look at all the different names that they give Mercury, you understand it's a, just a movement from here to there, a transaction from here to there. Um, and, and depending on where you sit on things, then it's either a positive or negative transaction. Did something get taken away or did something get given? Like even Robin Hood, that's, a, that's the story of Mercury. He robbed from the rich and he gave to the poor. Didn't keep it himself. That's what then he would not be mercurial. The, the mercury is not trying to is neutral. It's 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 just making transactions is all that it's doing. And in this, you can load your body up with all the nutrients that you want. You can have because nutrient truly is a mineral salt. And so now we've got all the salts that we want. But just like Kool-Aid, if I took uh, uh big old tub of kool-aid and tried pouring that in a cup of water would i end up with the, the awesome liquid kool-aid that pe i don't drink kool-aid um <laughs> would, would i end up with an, uh, a a thing of kool-aid no i'd end up with a with some sludge you know you, you you couldn't do it you need to have enough of the solvent ratio in order to open up them salts and now that those salts are opened up now we can move the the energetic portion of things can now move and flow and that's what we're really looking for so with this chronic dehydration um that we suffer as as a people especially given that so many people are are, are drinking drinks that actually dehydrate you whether it's coffee or your energy drinks or uh, soda any of these things that are actually super heavily dehydrating you, um, going out and drinking alcohol on the regular, there's a reason you can drink three beers and piss six. Like, it, it, you know, it, it's because it is literally pulling the fluids out of you. Uh, now, this, now when you were in high school and they try to always make, uh, these coaches look like psychos that, you know, talk about keeping hydrated and not going out, you know, the male athletes not going out with girls because you don't want to lose your fluids. So you don't, you know, go have sex, things like that. Um, you would be shocked the difference in strength that you have with, in between those two things. It is, it is super shocking. Um, I saw it in India. Those it, fluids that it, you're mm -hmm. trying to hold on to that. Yeah, when I was yeah, there, it, 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 it's it's wow. Yeah, yeah, it, it was ahead, it was please, major. It was, yeah, it was major that I I um, studied with Batabi Joyce. I kind of you know was a guru, and 
in the uh, south of India, and he would he would uh, you you could see because I would see people practice every day, very athletic, intensely athletic. I wasn't there myself, but I could see it, and uh, and you could see someone you know extremely strong and practiced would come in after a night of partying or whatever. Like you could just you could just see, and they were like jello. There was no power in their system and and the guy would point yep. it out particularly stay away from that boy or that girl or something like that so yeah no very clear very clear yeah it, it, it's shocking and and it's literally because the energy no matter even if you have the the sugars you have the minerals all of that your body doesn't have the capacity to to take in that charge or to move it even when you get up at with a hangover when you step outside in the sun, your body, rather than soak in that sun and go, like when I step out in the morning and I the sun hits me, it's like, ah, uh, you know, and you can just feel it charging you. It, it's amazing. When you go out there with the hangover, it's like, oh, ah, ouch. Right. You know, and it's, it's, yeah, you literally don't have the mercury to take that charge in and, and capacity it. Uh, and so, your again your body not only is going to need this mercury it needs it in a certain way and it's going to and so when you're looking at these uh the brown's gas machine the aquacure that's making it uh more available for you rather than your body having to break apart this very stable structure in order to make it into component pieces now and, and i really love it when i'm dehydrated especially when i'm coming off the road because a lot of people they think when they're dehydrated drink a lot of water and then it's like oh i'm still just pissing and it looks horrible like you know because it's just flushing right through your system because your body's not able to take that in like that and so it, only what it's able to break down is it incorporate into the system the rest of it's just using the detox and flush things out and so uh when you break this hydrogen and oxygen into their components and make it into hho uh rather than h2o now the, these things are already kind of like free and when you take them into your body it just jams them where they need to be and you're able to capacity that a lot easier and this whole system then uh the other interesting thing that happens is is as it separates apart it really uh also takes on a charge and again this is something that's super hard to explain because you can't really quantify a lot of it but we're like you see like structured water and the the overall body of water in and of itself will then also take on a negative and positive charge with a neutral zone midguard and so you understand that then the whole system's going to end up having the way it pushes and pulls inside of your body so your body's got to break all of this down from a, a water perspective and make it usable where you've already done a substantial amount of that work when you take it in through the aquacure so breathing the gas, would you say it hydrates you or it's just setting up the, the situation where you, you could be hydrated? Oh, it's definitely hydrating you. It's definitely high, especially in the lungs. Um, it really bothers me when I go over to like Reading in the summer because in Reading, there is zero humidity. 
zero humidity and uh it's it's like it feels like the moisture is getting sucked out of your skin and out of the air and you and you're you you get kind of raspy like really dry popcorny feeling in your lungs and then i see people all the time get just random nosebleeds uh just yeah christy does sometimes she'll be out in the field all of a sudden you know she'll and her nose will just start bleeding because it's there there's no moisture in the air in any and uh when you do the browns gas that uh uh obviously hydrates and and it does that on a very immediate level people don't realize how much you're taking in just from the air just from the the you know through your skin in and of itself that's that's the largest organ on your body and as long as your skin is moist you take in vast amounts of things through your skin what were you saying baby oh, i was gonna say when we when i'm consistent about using it my skin is amazing it's hydrated when i'm not consistent with it i can see the difference and it took me a long time before i started drinking the water i started out just using the breathing and yeah. that I noticed it instantly. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Because we're yeah. we're in a similar dry world here, right? Especially in the winter now that Manus is and it's sucked all the moisture out, and I'm like, eh, I feel crunchy all the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I have I have noticed overall feeling better, like energetically, because I was struggling. I was a little burnt out, like you were. You know, so much so much work overwork in, in some respects and uh and i'm not i'm not crashing anymore there's not i don't hit that time of the day where it's just and then like energy completely falls apart so that's a great little side effect and uh but always battling the dryness there's always that sense of you know you, you wouldn't believe how much lip balm i go through like use this a hundred times a day and quite a bit of oil on my skin and 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 chugging the water but it's it i think it's like you say the water just goes right through you it's not really uh catching on so so both both inhaling the gas and drinking the water are going to have that hydration effect because Huge. it's setting up the the capacity for you to um to uh, actually make use of it so yeah good to know good to know anything 100%. anything to get hydrated yeah, I'm just and, like, one of my things, and one of my favorite things about and one of my favorite things about it was I, i've smoked cigarettes for years and years and so just overall, I had uh, dryness, you know, that dry hacky lung, you know, where you, and you can't cough up stuff. Mm -hmm. So a couple weeks after I started using the AquaCure, I really started, my lungs started feeling really heavy. Like, you know, like they had a weight to them. And all of a sudden I started having really productive coughs. Like, like I hadn't had in years and literally I could all of a sudden feel like over the next week or two, my lungs felt like they just got bigger and bigger and all that dried up hardened material that was sitting inside of my lungs. Um, now that, that, you know, they say that the reason you get that dry cough is because that stuff dries up and hooks onto your lungs and then it's not actually heavy enough to flick up for your lungs to kick it off. And so once it became rehydrated, now it was able to, and you're, you hack up a lot of stuff out of your lungs that once that hydration happens, it, it's got enough weight for you to move it. And, oh, I felt, I felt like my lungs were twice as large. It was amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. So good. And how long did that take? Did you say? Uh, you know, it took, uh, it took like a week, 
a week, maybe two weeks, I started feeling the real heaviness. And it was only about two more weeks that it that most of that cleared out. And it, so about a month overall, I really felt a difference in the way my lungs were operating uh, and how mm -hmm. much space I had. Fantastic. Oh, that's really good. So let's see. Um, some practical questions just about the gas half-life. So, I, you know, one thing I heard was a couple hours and the gas would be gone from the water, for example. And then and then I heard last night on our uh, Browns Gas chat, by the way, that I opened on Telegram, I did share a link here. So if people who are interested in the Browns Gas, if they would like to join, you're most welcome. Where is this? Uh, in the chat as well. I'll share it one more time just to have an ongoing conversation because I have a ton of little questions. I know everybody's going to have a ton of little questions. And so that's a place that we can do that for anybody that's interested. So what is it that, um, actually I asked that question already in terms of you talked about this extensively, what stops your body from using water? Uh, do you want to talk about distilled water? This was from, from a long time ago, a question that showed up in the chat. And so oh, no, why the no. emphasis on distilled water? Should we be, should I be collecting snow? Is that actually better water for me and my plants, for example? What's your take on that? So, so distilled water is super interesting because it's what you've uh, done is, is taken out all the salts. Um, now, uh, I use it a lot, but when I'm using it, it's because I'm using it as a solvent. So it's similar to my talk where I talk about when you use 99, you know, uh, percent pure alcohol rather than like, you know, the, the 60 proof or the hundred proof where it's only 50% pure alcohol because that now, now that solvent space is not there. And so when you look at a solvent and this is where th things are going to get kind of weird, water, uh, can actually take on a saturation. So depending on how saturated the water is, is then depending how much solvency is left. Just like with the Kool-Aid example, if I've already put a packet of Kool-Aid in there, I don't expect it to hold a whole nother packet of Kool-Aid unless I add more water, which will give it more, you know, a bit of capacity to, you know, with solvency. And so uh, it will only hold so much so when i want water to hold something like let's say um i'm making tea well i want that to pull as much as what as possible i want it to be as solvent as possible i want as much of that tea uh material to get into the water and mix with it as possible so i don't want that to have a lot of stuff in it uh so i will obviously use a distilled water uh in that case if i'm doing an alchemical experiment when I'm trying to pull the salts out of the, the uh, biomass, the prima materia, uh, the biomass of the prima materia, I use distilled water because I don't want mineral salts of something else in my experiment when I'm done. I want it to be whatever it was that I was doing. Uh, and then thirdly, I think, I honestly think because women are, are supposed to be less salty than men, I think uh, distilled salts is, uh, uh, important for women. And I've seen women, uh, actually, uh, uh, Brian's, uh, a friend of Brian's that we met, uh, also that's how we ended up meeting Brian. She was having some problems 
And it's because uh, I think she was too salty. And actually, you were there. Jen, it was in New York, Jen. Uh, yes. And she was trying, she was trying to get answers from, you know, and tried everybody's stuff. And the only thing that ended up working was distilled water. And it's because I said, I think your skin's breaking down because you're too salty uh, and you need to deplete out some salt because now, and I think that's more important for women. I've almost never seen men have this problem, but it does happen in plants where if you get too high of an electroconductivity because there's too much mineral salt in the plant, uh, then the plant will end up reversing polarity and just start dumping it. It's uh, breaking its cellular walls and dumping out its mercury out because there's been a polar uh, reversal. And so, uh, and that's what I thought was going on. And yeah, that cleared that up. Now myself, I don't drink a lot of uh, distilled water, just uh, plain. I burn through a lot of salt. Um, like Christy, she, she always teases me. She said, uh, I don't really have a lot of like muskies. I don't smell like, I don't have a body odor really, but she said, I, I smell like salt when I get sweaty and work too much. So I just straight smell like salt. Uh, but I, I burned through a lot of it on the flip side. Um, <laughs> cause when you're looking at distilled water, charge won't carry through distilled water. Okay. And so, yeah, uh, it's that salt that needs to be in there that opens up the charge and you can, uh, you can find videos all over where they'll put a positive and a negative in a dish of distilled water and nothing happens. And then you throw some electrolyte, electrolyte is salt, you know, and that's what it brings up is your electroconductivity. Now that that salt's in there, there's an electroconductivity to the water component. And that that's set by the PPM of the mineral salts in the water. So I definitely use a lot of distilled water, but also take all those other factors into account that it doesn't uh, carry charge. Um, I think if you're taking in a, a nice uh, mineral load and including a lot of people want to uh, shit on sodium, but sodium's a big electroconductivity uh, set. That one's one of your big ones. This is one of your primary cell salts. Now where sodium went wrong is where they've, uh, you know, processed it, bleached it, iodized it you know, and did all these other things. So if you take in good sodium and not saying eat just pure sodium like that, you know, you're taking in a sodium in a nice mineral set, uh, you know, uh, so you've got all that. Then you get your, uh, your mercury flowing in between, uh, your water. Now you're good to go. Now mm -hmm. that the minerals can go through the water cause they're a water soluble mineral mineral. And now it can enter into your body and do something good. So if you're taking that distilled water and, and putting minerals in it, then that's also fantastic because that's mm -hmm. what that's what we're looking at here. Uh, but I don't typically uh, drink just straight distilled water as a man anyways. Again, I do recommend it for a lot of women uh, unless uh, I, I feel like I'm uh, uh overly salty like i need to flush somehow like you know uh and even in that a lot of times it's just i'm not personally hydrated enough which is part of why i'm feeling that saltiness and so uh, just overall hydrating is going to make a difference and bring you back into balance because then you're going to have more solvent 
in and of yourself to hold the capacity themselves. What other signs would there be for women that you have too many mineral salts? I also just heard that you don't get minerals from water, but would you disagree with that? 100%. Okay. Yeah. It's a, water, it's a water-soluble mineral. Mm -hmm. Like you can literally take, take these minerals, make them yourself like potassium. You go out, you burn down a hardwood tree full of potassium. You, you do the alchemical process, you know, and, and at the end of it, when you dissolve, you know, when you have nothing but ash, you put water into that ash, which dissolves the potassium and minerals. And then you strain the ash out and then, and then evaporate out the water. And there's those minerals like magic. Like, you know, it, it's that, it's that you, we've become a society that doesn't know how to do anything. We don't do any work ourselves. We all have all these really cool ideas and, and these cool ideas work and pan out in your head. Very similar to like the, the compressed air nonsense and the plane thing, you know? So, so somebody saw that a compressed air start turns the turbine, you know, and got all excited about, Oh, look, that engine turning. Well, it's literally no different than you taking the starter, the key on your vehicle and turning the starter forward because an engine can't just start popping off. It's got to start rotating in order for that whole thing, that whole process to start working. So that isn't enough power to actually drive the plane, just like you holding your starter forward wouldn't take you roaring down the highway. It's not the way it works. You're just trying to get that engine rotating. And because nobody goes out and actually does anything anymore, everybody knows all the best answers and they've got all these things, but they don't actually have a lab. They don't go out and do experiments. They don't know how to do any of the things that they're talking about. Well, when I was a kid, that was the worst person to listen to. You can't do it, but you're an expert on it. How so? Yeah. Like, and this Welcome is why to academia. we up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and our community is really no different about it. They just take the opposite side of things. A lot of times they're just contrarian, if anything. Like the information's hardly any better. You know, it's just contrary to what the mainstream story is, which which I'm kind of fine with. It's it's very interesting because actually, uh, uh, was it Cynthia Parks? Uh, she was one of the doctors that was uh, fairly prominent uh, during the she was and she was actually while not anti-vax overall was against what they were trying to push and she said the uh the least educated that do the least and the most educated that know the most are the two groups that go against the government one because they've been they've been around and they've done all these things and been behind the closed door they know and the other group because they don't know but they don't but they know they don't trust you like you know it, it's super interesting and uh it feels like our community just doesn't have like a lot of people that have done a lot and so it's easy to have those questions uh until you actually go do it and then you're like oh no it's just this or mm -hmm. even the, the trope where uh, everybody says the occult world, everything's hidden. So that way you have to be an initiated. Well, if I sit down and talk mechanic talk with one of, with a mechanic friend of mine, most people don't understand what we just said. Were you, was that some secret, you know, devious thing? No, it's those were mechanical terms. If, if two doctors sit and talk about a surgery 
and use all their little terminology because they're two doctors actually working in the field. Nobody else gets what they're talking about. Uh, you know, you just don't do anything in that field, so you don't get it. So basically, all you're saying is it's only for the initiate. You mean it's only for the people that go out and do the work, and nobody wants yeah. to go do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and speaking of that, I did a, a video for the House of Free Will members yesterday on the Tower of Babel and that uh, that transition from you know not being able to understand. It's a great metaphor between the public and the private. How you know if you if you're always talking to people that you <clears throat> really are not your brothers and sisters, even when they are brothers and sisters, I get your point as well. Very much, uh, Ben. There can be confusion, but less so. We are meant to decentralize and be with our people. And, uh, and for me, you know, it's always, can I observe it? You, you want to observe it in the lab. I want to observe it in myself. I know I'm not saying you, you don't, but this is, if I can, if I can see it in myself, then it's, I'm absolutely confident that it's, it's true. So, you know, back to, back to the water thing, to me, the very best tasting water is my local spring water that is jammed full of minerals. It's slippery. It's sweet. When I bubble it, it's slippery and sweet squared. It's so delightful. I've never enjoyed a, enjoyed a water so much. My son is saying the same thing. He doesn't want the, the bubbled uh, distilled water. It doesn't taste good to him. And he, he's favoring the, the minerals and that's, that's like, that's great. And what, what about dis, uh, RO water, you know, really popular, really easy to get every grocery store, or even drugstore has RO water now, same with this distilled, but so why, why is RO different from distilled or is it the same? Like Thunder Chicken is saying, hi Thunder Chicken. Uh, it's basically the same. The process is just a little different. So with distilled water, all you're doing is is you're taking the water, putting it in a, a, a limbic type situation and heating it up. The water evaporates uh, and, you know, the which that through that heat, it, you know, breaks, it breaks it up, turns it into vapor. The vapor doesn't hold on to many things. Now, to truly uh, be absolutely classically alchemically, you have to distill a thing seven times before it's actually pure but now ro water uh they they put it through the reverse osmosis um there's a little electrical component and they they usually a lot of times i think hit it with a light also and so this is going to also further the breakdown it's supposed to be i i i i agree with lee they're about the same thing um it just depends on how you read the science you know it's supposed to further break down any chemicals in there that's supposed to break it apart uh, and free it so that way it doesn't come back with your water or whatever, supposedly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So similar, but not exactly just because of the extent of removing yeah. the particulates. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at what point would you consider that the water that's been bubbled doesn't have gas in it anymore? No, that's going to depend on the uh, the the conditions that you're keeping it in. Um, right, like a closed you know. now, bottle. Is that any good? Let me. Uh, that does help. That does help. Okay. Not not as much as what you would want it to, but it does a hundred percent. So <clears throat> this gets into and, and Lee here can abide by this. So a lot of people think that. Uh, pressure makes uh, diamonds and things like that and makes crystals and it really doesn't so what you've got is is you've got a, a slurry um, 
where this crystalline material has been uh, uh, liquefied. And the way that it's going to become crystal again is for this liquid, this extra component, the solvent, to vaporize off and then those like uh, molecules will start binding together. And if it's a nice, quiet slurry, uh, that's pretty pure. The like ones will bond together in a very orderly fashion. And we have some, some nice, uh, crystalline material. Now, if you have a sealed environment, the way you stop this reaction is, is through pressure. So eventually this won't release any more of its solvent if the solvent uh, head pressure is too much. And so really what you're doing with that head pressure is slowing it down and giving it time to align and whatnot when you're growing crystals. But when you're talking about HHO water, what you're talking about is this, is this solvent slurry and the solvent's getting released. So if you put it in like something like this where like this is my yeti and this thing seals up insanely uh then that head pressure that's on top of it won't allow it so much to escape anymore and it'll stay mixed in uh and it won't allow it to push itself out to the top also uh this is uh one of them insulated uh so there's a pocket of air in between the inside and the outside of this and you suck and it's sucked down to a vacuum and so heat and cold don't transfer through that worth of damn and all molecules when they're cold don't move very fast no 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 such a shit you guys are so naughty um molecules don't want to move very fast yeah uh when uh they're cold so the two things that are going to kind of help preserve the integrity to some extent and this is no different than carbonation and pop right when you know you get your fountain pop that was just a syrup mix that they mixed with some water and then they shot that carbonation in there you know that's uh this is you're not shooting carbonation you're shooting uh brown's gas in there and just like a pop if you seal it up you keep it cold that carbonation for a couple days will hold and in, into your pop. Now that that doesn't apply for this, but it, you know, it's, but it will still extend it out a substantial amount of time. You keep it nicely sealed, keep it nicely cold. Those molecules quit moving. The the slurry starts holding on to things. Very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I've taken to making ice a lot of ice cubes because of the timing of the water that I, I'll bubble it, I'll forget about it, I'll, I'll get thirsty, I'll go back and I'll bubble it again, I'll go and I'll forget about it and I'm dehydrated. So just if I have the ice handy, yeah. then I can just throw it in a regular glass of water and feel confident that I'm getting the Brown's gas. See, and if you read the thing, so when in the thing, George has it, the, the one that it's imp super important to use the uh, uh, distilled water in, is uh this one the humidifier. So this one is basically the you know the bigger one the one you actually you can put drinking water in this and yeah. i've and i've used bone broth and a number of things in it now the this one it's important to use distilled water because this one is acting as a a, a filter so right. any of the lye that happens to vaporize off that might be stuck 
and it's still kind of attached to that vapor, this, this, this is supposed to be distilled. So that way that's acting as solvent as possible. And it just snatches on to that uh, lye salt. You know, that salt lye is acting as the salt and creating the uh, uh, ability for the electro, the electrolysis to happen. But now, uh, and making all this break down, but you, uh, it's still a salt. And so you want it to be solvent. So distilled water grabs that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense now that uh, in that humidifier, what you were pointing out there, only distilled water goes in there because it's washing out any residual lye that came up through yeah. the machine in the gas. And then you want to change that. I did just read this. I was just topping it up before, but now you, you want to change it out. You want to swap it entirely for fresh distilled water in the process. Definitely need to get myself a distiller. <laughs> so much distilled what water. I so what I usually do is, is I fill the machine back up from that cup. Yes, that's uh, what George recommends. Way, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Use that because it's that got lye in it. That way the residual lye just goes right back. Exactly. But he does recommend pouring the remains out and, and refreshing with entirely distilled water after that, which makes perfect sense now based on what you've shared there. Um, so, you know, and th these are, these are teeny little things, but anybody who's interested in getting an aqua cure, I know they're going to have these same questions. So I'm, I'm going to ask them anyway, in terms of say, you know, you've got your, uh, your bubbler with the two, uh, what do you call them? Spigots on them. One is directly related to the, or directly attached to the bubbler and the hose that goes back through the humidifier. Oh, the, uh, the air barbs. Yeah don't have my machine here now but um and then and then next to it is the one that you attach your eye goggles or your breathing cannula or yeah. the um the spot thing and so when you're bubbling water in there is there any concern say it's not attached to another hose i mean if it's attached to a hose it's still going to go out the hose but is there any any reason yeah. you should like plug up that second hole or would that be a problem to plug up the second hole to get a saturation in the water or is that to get, like, to get a better saturation no, yeah. that yeah, that would be just fine. The only thing that uh, only thing you would end up doing is is if it's a tightly sealed lid, just building up pressure in it, you know. Yeah. But other than that, no, that's not gonna that's not gonna hurt anything at all. Good. Yeah, I'm more relaxed since I've been hearing this in the last couple of days. Otherwise, I was like running, always doing something with the water all day long, and I'm like, okay, this has got to end. I I now parked it beside my my bed, and I'll sleep with it. Now, someone said that. You're better off getting small, shorter increments of the Brown's gas throughout the day rather than big amounts one at a time. So I, f I feel like I'm hearing both I, things. I would absolutely agree with that because you you're, would, eh? you're probably, even though this is breaking it down and making it much easier to process, uh, it still does need to process it to some extent. <clears throat> um, you're just making it a lot easier. And so anything your body can't process, it's just going to, it's just going to bail on, uh, you know, it, it'll use it to some extent, but it's not going to incorporate it into the system the same way. And actually, uh, <coughs> um, Gerald Pollack has videos where, uh, he takes water and water will literally, uh, a drop of water will roll across more water. Like you'll have a plate of water and it'll just roll across the top because it hasn't structured itself to match these, this other water yet and, and fit itself in. 
Um, and so your body definitely needs to process it, uh, you know, in, in, in bursts. Um, and I, I like what you were saying with uh, doing it at night and in your bed. Uh, naturally at night, uh, organic life on this plane tends to uh, become more oil. The feminine side gains at night as the masculine moon pulls it. And then it depletes during the day. Okay, interesting. And so then that would be, would it be better for women, but just better for anybody to be doing the gases at night? Yeah. Rather than the day. Yeah, anybody. Anybody. Mm -hmm. anybody. Mm -hmm. Amazingly, I can sleep with the cannula. I thought I first, because I'm princess in the pee, everything wakes me up. But uh, I, can, I can actually sleep with the cannula and it's soft enough and the um, sound of it is not, you know, it's just bubbling water, a little bit of machine sounds. I do recommend if I, if I have any, any, uh, feedback for George, it would be to make, to be able to turn the, the machine lights off because those right. I'm very sensitive to light while I'm sleeping. And, uh, right. even in my tent, the lights still shine through. So I put a towel on there and it's a little awkward, but anyway, you know, can't complain. <laughs> you just put a towel on it. Yeah, I totally understand. Well, as a Christy and I, when we were just out and about, because we don't have any power on in our house. And actually, that little bit of noise would drive me nuts even, because everybody's house sounds like a beehive to me at night. Like, why is your house so loud? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, we shut the generator. You know, once we kill power here, there's no power at all for however, tell our nearest neighbor with electricity. And, uh them little bit of lights like we were at a hotel and there was a hair dryer around the corner in the bathroom area that had like a little blue light on it and we had to go unplug that it was like that thing was so damn bright like what the hell i know speaking of hotels i will call the people to come and you know because if, if i can't reach something or you know get them to bring electrician tape and usually a few layers of of heavy tape before you can get that light to to not look like it's there anymore. I, I couldn't believe it at, at uh, my place where I've got a, a um, fire extinguisher with one of those LED lights. And it took, I don't know, like 20 layers of paper and a piece of tape to, to actually block that out to my satisfaction that when I turn the lights out, I want it black, like yeah. black. You know, I don't want to be yeah. able to see my hand in front of my face because that, yeah, I solved a lot of insomnia that way, just being in the utter dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's amazing. It, but the worst part is, is once you get like that, like right now, because it's so it gets dark at like five thirty, like six o'clock. I'm like gone. Like, <laughs> you know, like try and try my damnedest to stay up till at least nine. Because if I don't stay up till nine, I'm gonna get up at like three o'clock in the morning and just be mad that I'm up for no apparent reason. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, I think we are starting to come to the end of it. As I mentioned, maybe I'll hit yeah. you up again if it's not too much. Uh, wait for the new year or something. We'll see. I'd like to connect a few more people up here in a Browns Guest Jam as well. And yeah, I think I asked all my questions for today. So that helps a lot. And uh, I know there's been so many comments in the chat. Do, do come over to the Telegram channel where the conversation can keep going. I believe I still have a, a link in my paste here. So yeah, that'd be fun 
to share our knowledge yeah. and share I'm results. Gonna follow, I'm going to follow Graham Chat. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ben's over there. there. And a few more friends, Jacqueline Milne, who's really deep into this, who's going to do the education to learn how to build the machines, is over there. I'm going to call on my, oh, more, more porn in the in the chat there. Oh, they just, oh uh, man, it's me. bad right now, isn't it? It's real yeah. bad. I took a Jane, I took a nap in Jane's, in Jane's uh, house. <laughs> that was so nice out in her farm. I, oh, I got away great. from the city there for a minute and out on a farm and I was like, nah. <laughs> that's awesome very good and so what do you want to share with us ben on on the way out is there anything in particular that you'd like to say is uh is it coming up for you or things that you're do you have any gut bomb uh oh, product for sale uh, I, do, I do yeah christy and i just re-upped on everything um i got the stuff to make gut bomb so i will be making gut bomb in the next day or two uh, and Christy got all of her stuff for her, uh, her vapor suit has been super, super popular. Um, she started doing a vapor suit and my daughter has been like, she was like shellacking my grandkids with it. And she said everybody else was sick for like a week. And those guys, they were only sick for like a day. And, uh, that's awesome. Uh, so we got that going on and we're already starting to work on uh flattoberfest for the west coast for next year um so Excellent. we already started working on that um and uh yeah and uh i'm getting my show back on track we had uh owen benjamin last week um it didn't really go where i planned on it going uh but you know it was still it was still gas always talking to one's a gas um and i think you know that 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 needed said there's some weirdness going on in the community that uh i think uh some of the men who are trying to be you know manly men need to stand up and say something about myself but that's you know i hear you i hear you here i just wanted to grab your other links for some reason i'm not able to get them off the youtube but uh oh yeah so there... oh, Michelle. yeah what's that Michelle said Christy's vapor soothe is amazing is amazing. Thank yep. you, Michelle. You oh, fun. Yeah, that's been oh, really fun. popular. And we get, we got the comfort cream and uh the burn vanish and uh it's uh she started doing a mint comfort cream that's been real popular too. Uh nice. And then hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, I've been a lot of people asking about a horsetail tincture, which I which I've been meaning to make anyways, so um, but yeah, I'll get the gut bomb done this week and then we'll, uh, work on, the, we'll work on the rest. Um, but yeah. Nice. Busy, and is busy. That all, yeah. Is that all available on heathenwizards.com? Uh, yep. Yeah. Christy's got to go in and update. Um, we have a bunch, I have a, a, a fairly decent selection of jewelry, um, that I built up to, um, that are super nice. Uh, but yeah, Christy's got to go in and update that real quick. Uh, so if it doesn't say it's available, just contact me. Um, and it's all going to be available in the next week. So uh, the gut bomb, maybe it'll take a couple, it'll take a month probably because that's got to ferment. That's got to ferment. Um, but it'll be available. It's getting made up here. So, and I bought a bunch. So, and a whole new pot uh, just to ferment it. Because every time I do it, even last time I did 10 gallons and it lasted like, uh, like, 
like uh, 12 hours or something before it was gone. I'm like, well, I need to save this for me, for us. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's popular. People are in their gut health. It's, it's really important. Yeah. And uh, Michelle just asked, does it, does the, uh, how how do you call it again? The vapor rub, is it eucalyptus or menthol? And is it specifically Um, for breathing? Yeah, well, it helps. It definitely helps the breathing. And she uses, uh, men- she does use menthol. Do you use eucalyptus now, babe? A lot of eucalyptus. And, and she also uses menthol, straight menthol crystals, actually. Um, cause I, I remember that because I had to get some menthol crystals. Hey, Alien. <laughs> um, absolutely. Nice. Good. Well, that's so awesome. I would like to take part myself always looking for good body products. And uh, thank you very much, T. Jordan. I appreciate your presence here. And uh, you and your five-year-old send love to the chat. Nice. I can't wait for you to come on your, yourself, David. And uh, yeah. In Hi, Zizzy. Is that you how know? you pronounce that, Zizzy? I know. I don't. I don't know him. I was just Okay. Just You're just saying hi. Oh, oh, that's nice. Hello, Zizzy. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful little man. And uh, yeah, I think I think we're good for today. It's I know I'm going to have about 100 right. questions as soon as we end. But thank you very much, Ben. It's yeah. been a pleasure yeah. to be here. Yeah, so great Love to see guys. Christy. So great to see Christy as well. I'm glad I saw her face and uh, heard the testimonials. That uh, yeah, oh, so sweet. It, it is. It is really good. You know, the the closer contact that we all are about this, the less we are at the mercy of our own. You know, having to figure out every little thing. Now, not to say you shouldn't obviously study the science and that kind of thing, but pooling our efforts like we do. And you're so generous, Ben, to give us downloads like this. We appreciate it so much. When we're working together, we can actually crack the this world. truth. Crack. Mm-hmm. Free the world. <laughs> Very good. Well, I love you guys a lot. Let me see if there's anything else. Uh, this this Friday, I have John Coots, John Logan Coots coming on, who has actually created a private association to educate children i believe in the u.s and so he contacted me about somebody else and then i saw his stuff and i'm like i need to have you on because i'm not that uh good with the other subject so that'll be really fun to talk about uh more and more but by the way we have now discovered case law that that uh in canada in particular because that it's not as common but that defends the private in the supreme court and this happened to be a sex club not not as virtuous as some of the things that we're doing, like planning on the Browns gas and actually helping people heal and, and do good work in the world. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court. They tried to take them down at the level of the local municipalities and uh, and it totally won. The, the judge favored the private domain. So that was exciting. Pretty happy to hear that. And that's an ongoing theme if anybody wants to apply to be part of the House of Free Will. This week on Thursday, there's a workshop on EMF mitigation, navigating that uh, if you've been exposed, which we all are. We're not going to talk about the fear porn and why it's bad and everybody should be afraid of the, the, the 5G. But what do you do? What are the practical steps, things that you can do for yourself? How to know if you are particularly sensitive to it, why that might be. This is with... Um, um, Ryan Ashley is his name who's coming to do the workshop in the House of Free Will. It is free to members, although he, uh, I will say he would welcome donations, although he might not even say that. <laughs> and we'll have to get you in there, Ben, for a workshop. Would you be open to that? I would just pressure you right on, 
Okay, Ooh. fantastic. That'd be so, so good. I would, I would really love that. You also, uh, the, Brown's gas is excellent for EMF. Oh, good to know. Good to know. I'll have to get with Ryan on that. Why, why in particular? I'm not 100% sure, but uh, this is one of the things George talks about. You're going to have to talk to him about it. But he talks about, like, even when you go on a plane, how much uh, radiation you pick up. Um, and he went to the doctor the next day, and you're supposed to be loaded with radiation, and he didn't have any. Because there it just, go. well, it dissipates it somehow or shields it or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. So that's really good. All right, so yeah, we got an interview this Friday with John Logan Coots on uh, schooling in the private, and <clears throat> Thursday is the workshop on EMFs. You, you do have to be a member for that one. It is free to members, so I would recommend if you'd like to take part in that to apply to the ministry now rather than the last minute, just in case I might miss your application and you might not get in on time. Members do have access to recordings of the of the uh, workshops, so you wouldn't 100% miss it. But if you'd like to come and take part and ask your own questions of Ryan, he's very generous and knowledgeable as well. And so I'm going to grab the application link for anybody. It, it is in the notes below also. But here is the House of Free Will, where we're doing lots of stuff. I'm actually now doing, as I mentioned, a, a weekly snippet video. I keep it between 10 and 15 minutes. 15 has been the shortest I've been able to get so far, try to say. Uh, more with less words and less time for those that maybe get overwhelmed. The House of Free Will is my ministry. It's in the private domain. It's where the vast majority of my work is happening as a as a coach and as a coach trainer. Uh, there's the Law Guild in there. There's a, oh uh, James James the Patriot is coming in. If you guys are familiar with him at all, he works a lot with Brandon Big Sib and Alphonse Fagiolo. He's coming in to do a workshop on how to help people do the paperwork because that's what a lot of people get hung up on and they can spend months and months and months trying to perfect their paperwork and uh, james has such a good handle on that that he's going to be assisting us and i believe that is going to be taking place on the friday we just have to put that out so it's going to be friday the 16th um 11 a.m central time so you can put that down as well so lots of events going on engagement good conversations we're a little ahead of our time in the private now because we can all get by with our public lives grocery stores are still open we can still you know if, if you just want to be completely disconnected from everyone you still can be now that might not be the case coming up in our near future and even if it's not, if even if we don't lose access to the public and the whole Babylonian system, nothing but good can come from organizing in the private, in a decentralized way, with your brothers and sisters, where you're going to speak each other's languages enough that you can relate, and we can begin to pool our our resources and our energy, and our knowledge, and go faster towards our own goals of thriving in life. So I hope that explains what the private domain is about. I'm also uh, have two sister PMAs. I'm, I'm uh, my PMA is a member of the Four Corner Table, where we've just done educational system uh, sessions, teaching you specifically how to create a service in the private. So that is available, and we're we're going to put it up. We're actually doing new live sessions. We're going to put the recordings up as a way to make that a little bit more affordable for people as well. All right, my dears, I think we said it all. Thank you so much once again, Ben. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and stay up past nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Sounds good. All right. Have a beautiful day yourselves. Thank you to everyone in the chat. And uh, so, so great that you came. I know I missed a lot, so I'll have to go back and read some more of your comments. Lots of love for now.